welcome to another episode of the Bryce Side Podcast. Civilized men are more discourteous than savages because they know they can be impolite without having their skulls split. Robert E. Howard, author, creator of Conan. Shout out to Sean Cool for the inspiration for today's episode. Give him a like and follow on Instagram while he takes over the world of professional bodybuilding. I want to talk to people today about conflict. Not so much in the way of avoiding it at all cost or actively pursuing it but more so standing one's ground and just letting the savagery take a hold of you and go full on viking a lot of people these days feel that they can go around be discourteous as the previous quote stated without fear of reprisal that's where a lot of Karens and Kyles get into trouble because they happen to fall upon people who don't follow social norms they're not part of that you don't know who my dad is type of crowd they're the talk shit and get hit crowd I am a part of the latter talk shit believe you're going to get more than hit start conflict believe with an absolute certainty I will find a permanent resolution for it let's go back to middle school for an example cafeteria lunch period sitting at the table in my grade at a hodgepodge a collective group of youngsters trying to find their way in the world the jocks the academics the nerds and their pogs and the 
first wave of the Magic the Gathering crowd, all sitting at their respective tables. I was a bit of a hop around, going from table to table, aggregating usefulness, homework assignments, notes, a whole barter and trade system. Bit of a loner, shocker. There's this other kid, name was Michael Johnson. He was a bit of a bully in our grade. Pretty much picked on everybody. Because of his size, he was a big kid for that grade. And pretty much had his way whenever he wanted to. Until that day. Apparently, he thought where I was sitting was prime real estate for him to sit. And he told me to get up. And I said no. He resubmitted the request. And I said no, find another table. From my peripherals, I saw that he was getting ready to throw a punch. And I blocked it. He then proceeded to dump his cafeteria tray onto my person. At that moment, I just saw red. I grabbed my tray and slammed it right into his face. What felt like a super long time was really over rather quickly, but I knew I needed to inflict the most effective amount of damage because as I threw the tray into his face and he hit the ground, I saw our PE teacher, the cafeteria chaperone, running towards the mayhem. So, what roughly felt like half an hour, realistically it was probably no less than a minute, 45 seconds possibly, of him on the ground and me inflicting my resolution to the seating issue. Needless to say, after that, There's no more problems between myself and Mr. Johnson. I believe he ended up transferring to another school at the end of that school year. Again, talk shit, you're going to get hit. Fast forward to graduating boot camp. I'm in a school, apprenticeship school. I believe we're in the second week of class. And it's a 
joint training center where you all go to learn your jobs that you're going to do in the military. There is the Navy, Air Force, and Army. I believe there are six Army, three Air Force, and then four Army. Our instructor, a tech sergeant in the Air Force, stepped out for whatever reason, and then everyone decided to goof off. Me, again, the loner, sitting front row, just sat there in my own zone, my own mind palace, my own wheelhouse, just waiting for the lesson to continue. Two seats away from me was seaman recruit Baglio, tall, skinny kid from Staten Island, New York. He was a bit of a goofball. Decided to just launch his chair, because these were rolly desk chairs, into the wall and push off and go across the aisles. Well, he did this, and on the second turn, it ended up hitting my chair, knocking me out of my place of zen. First time, no biggie, no problem. It happened again. I said, Baglio, don't hit my chair. happened a second time and I said seriously Baglio do not hit my chair third time he hits my chair I calmly get up grab him by his utility jacket and throw him into the wall he's sitting there in disbelief Mayhem ensues as I'm standing there towering over him. Everybody's freaking out in the classroom. Class leader, Sergeant Ortiz, or at that time, Specialist Ortiz, is freaking out. And they're trying to separate us. Me personally, the issue was resolved. I stopped him from rolling his chair. I showed him the consequence of his actions. And that should have been it. But of course, you can't have student on student violence in the schoolhouse. And we proceeded to get reamed out by a various assortment of upper echelon in the military. It kind of reminded me of a scene from Office Space where we were essentially getting yelled at by seven bosses two from the Air Force, one from the Army, and then after you get yelled at by all the schoolhouse, then you have to go to your own command and then get yelled at by them. Me personally, I said, you should have just got all together and just did a rotating chair of you just screaming at us and how stupid we were. But that is the type of guy that I am.
not really this talk loud, talk crazy, run of the muck, crazy guy. Again, the most dangerous person in the room is often the most quiet. Those are the ones you have to worry about. The loudest one in the room is more often the most insecure person in the room, which is why they're the most loud. And sometimes the most loudest person in the room thinks that the quietest person in the room is somebody that they can fuck with. They start believing their own hype. It just ends up very, very bad for them. And just where does this overinflated sense of toughness, air quotes, come from? I believe where they feel they're in a situation to where desired outcome is in their favor, the environment plays a huge factor in these Kyles, and the idea that if they lift weights or look the roll, no one will challenge them, and the fact that they have never ever been challenged. Not to mention, they have their entourage and crew around them, filling them more with hot air. I believe a long time ago, I was a teenager walking home from the subway this group of other teenagers across the track going northbound that was going southbound just talking smack to all the passerbyers Then they happened upon me. I just kept walking. And then they finally said, or the leader, hey, I'm talking to you. I stop, I go around, back to my original spot where they were across the tracks. I drop my backpack, have my arms wide open, and said, you want some? 
and they stood in disbelief. They're like, oh, shit. And in my mind, I'm already thinking, all right, the next train comes in 15 minutes. Take it, get on the other side, beat all their asses. But they stood there dumbfounded as if I couldn't or I shouldn't have said that or done that. They were standing there, mouths opened, still in shock. Thinking I was scrawny as a teenager. I, was, I ran track, so I was skinny as all hell, but I was nice and shredded. I believe I was around 135, maybe 140, 140 if I ate a good meal that day. But again, I was raised to not avoid conflict at all costs but to go at it if there was no other way. And not to mention that I had an insanely violent streak. But sadly, they didn't do anything or say anything after that. I flipped them off and I just kept walking and they didn't say any silence and they stayed in silence and I got home. Again, these Kyles think they're tough until they meet a tough guy and again I just want to be left alone like Rambo in First Blood but that cop kept screwing with him and what did that and what did Rambo do he scorched the earth of that small town gotta know when to leave certain people alone. Again, it's the quiet ones you gotta watch out for. Great example. Habib. Nergametov. One of Connor's boys was talking shit in an interview. Habib found him, cornered him and slapped him in the face and said, keep my name out of your mouth. He didn't know what to do because he didn't have his entourage to back him up. You are going to run into people if you don't play these silly, civilized, air quote, games. They're an eye for an eye blood oath type person and if you talk shit to them or disrespect them it is only going to end badly for you you should recognize that because they don't care about who your dad is who your friends are all they care about is you and putting your face in the ground and making you a, 
nothing more than a blood and piss stain on the concrete or pavement. So be warned, snowflakes. Some people you just can't talk any way to. UFC picks for this Saturday. Only match worth talking about is the main event. Derek Lewis against Curtis Blades. Pretty simple. On paper, wrestler versus striker. Curtis Blades has made no qualms about it. He's going to try and wrestle fuck. Derek Lewis to death and eke by with a unanimous decision. Derek Lewis is going to try and knock him out. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Who's going to win? What we have here is a primed and ready, in shape Derek Lewis who is pretty dangerous, evident in his last outing with Olenek in that fight ending in KO. Curtis Blades made quick, easy work of Alistair Overeem, who is a far superior striker than Derek Lewis. But after he had his USADA check-in, hasn't been the same Uberim. Derek Lewis has always had knockout power. Now he has cardio, conditioning, and now more mobility since he's been losing the weight. And I believe his current walk around is around 240, 250. So the majority of his camp is not spent cutting weight. Curtis Blades is just wrestling. His stand-up is okay but he's just going to wrestle. Dana White does not want him to win. The UFC as a brand does not want Curtis Blades to win. His last outing as a main event was a snooze fest and during the post-fight presser, Dana White shat all over him in his performance. Curtis Blades got the W. As he said, that's all that matters. But again, remember, the sport of mixed martial arts is not a sport. It is a business. There would be more money to be had if Derek Lewis wins this fight in spectacular fashion, as he always does, as opposed to a wrestlefuck session, unanimous decision victory, by Curtis Blades. Even so, with Curtis Blades forcing the wrestling instead of naturally letting it happen, he 
he's going to gas himself out and take the later rounds off since this is a five round fight. Derek Lewis has knockout power from the beginning to the end. So anything can happen. My money is going to be on Derek Lewis, winner, KO or TKO within two rounds based on Curtis Blade's previous performances against Francis Ngannou, which both ended in similar fashion and he doesn't have near the striking pedigree as Derek Lewis does and the takedown defense. People forget that Derek Lewis is no slouch on the ground. I believe he once quoted as saying he's the most dangerous blue belt in the state of Texas. Maybe we'll see. But for now, my money, Derek Lewis. All the way. So ends another episode of the Bryce Side Podcast. Like and subscribe and follow on whatever platform you listen to. Until next time, you can always find me only on the Bryce Side.